Hey, and welcome to the Master Sessions. This is a podcast where we sample a session beer, learn about a topic from someone who's mastered it in less time than it takes to get a pizza delivered. So bring your thirst for craft beer and knowledge as we crack this one open. Hello, I'm your host, Ryan Lancey, and uh, since this is our first episode, um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. Uh, I am a PMP certified clinical research project manager specializing in pharmacovigilance. I also have a master's in nursing with a specialization in informatics, and I do home infusion per diem to keep up my clinical skills. I'm a dad, uh, a home brewer, uh, craft beer aficionado, and I do love the outdoors. All right, welcome to the sessions. Uh, Today I have Sean Boswell with me. Say hi, Sean. Hello. All right, Sean, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners? Well, yeah, I'm Sean Boswell. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I work in the clinical research industry, but in my spare time, I homebrew, and I've been doing it since 2009 and love it. Awesome. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about homebrewing. Um, today's, uh, of course, pairing uh, of homebrew uh, discussion is going to be with um, our session beer, and um, actually, Sean picked our session beer today. So uh, we're going to be having the Luponic Distortion number 12 uh, from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Has a beer advocate rating of 3.87 out of 5. Uh, it's an American IPA with a 5.9 ABV. Uh, it's a single run, so it was only brewed once. Um, and it has... Uh, Pacific Northwest and German hops. Uh, the, the description says it tastes of tangerine, honeydew, and strawberry gummy. So we're going to jump into it and see what we think of it. So cheers. Cheers. Very grapefruity Yeah, up I was going to say, I'm not really getting... I don't see tangerine. Or gummy, but definitely grapefruit. Oh, I get a little, I get a little tangerine note on the finish. But maybe as it warms and as we're drinking it, the profile will change. That's the nice thing about some of these beers with the, um, the more interesting hops, um, is that as the beer warms and as you drink it more... It, it kind of changes. And that's the nice part about session beer, too, when you're drinking it all day. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want it to taste the same all the time. This might be a little high on the alcohol for a session. No, there's no such thing. <laughs> it's pool beer. This is like where you're not going to go driving anywhere. So, um, so yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, home brewing. So um, what got you interested in it to begin with? Uh, it was actually you. I knew the answer to that question, but I had to ask it anyway. Um, yeah, I yeah. watched you brew a batch, and I became fascinated. I think it was the very next week after you brewed that I said, Brian, we're going to the brew store. We got yep, yep. to pick me up a kit and get started on this. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. We went to the brew store together, and then um, we, we brewed your first batch on the stovetop yeah, in your kitchen. I think it was an extract, right? Yeah. Your very first beer. My first batch was yep. an extract. And uh, I remember, like, you know, we walked through it, and I kind of talked through the steps, and you're like, that's it? <laughs> that's it? It's, it's this easy? I'm like, yeah, man. It's this easy. And then I instantly made it harder for myself going all green right because i i knew i wanted to 
get to the point where I was making beer the way a real brewer would make beer. Yes, yeah. So and so that's actually a great segue into kind of my next question, which is um, about, you know, you being an expert. Yeah. Because part of this is, is having a session beer and, a, and a, a learning session with someone who's an expert. And so you've far surpassed me, your original teacher, and um, you have demonstrable expertise now in home brewing. You have won some awards and you have right. some certifications. So can you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah. So, yeah. Once I decided to go all grain, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, built all my equipment in order to handle the all-grain experience, and uh, I wanted to take it even further, so I signed up for a course, it was a three-week course in Wisconsin with the American Brewmasters Association, mm -hmm. and spent three weeks up there with them, and at the end of it, I took the certification course and got the certificate in brewing which is a general certificate. It's an industry certificate. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so technically you could get a job up the road at like White Street or Full yeah, Steam or I, any of the other local breweries if you wanted as a like an assistant brewmaster. Probably. As you got, and then I learn the, a, the ranks. A very similar certification to what an actual brewer in the industry would have. Outstanding. And then tell me a little bit about some of your award-winning homebrews. Um, so I've only actually entered a few competitions, um, but two, one that I have gone to three or four times now is the uh, local one, the Shamrock Open here in Raleigh, happens every March, near and around St. Patrick's Day. And <clears throat> two times I've entered that, and two times I've got a blue ribbon. One was for a, an Abbey double ale that I made called Abbey Cadabra. Mm -hmm. I remember and, that. That was a good beer. You had that at home. You made it. You made a large batch of that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And it's also a really big beer, so it didn't run out very fast. Yeah, because <laughs> you could only drink a few. And by big beer, you mean it high was, ABV? Uh, like yeah, a nine and a half percent alcohol beer. Yeah. <laughs> no operating heavy machinery. And then the other one I won the Blue Ribbon for was a black lager call, that I called Pitch Black. That was a very smooth, easy-drinking, dark lager beer. And did you enter I'm Not Quite Dead Yet, or what was that one? Almost Dead Guy? What was the one that you did with Not the... Quite Dead? Not Quite Dead? Yeah, that was pretty good. So that was a brown beer. Yeah, I never did enter that beer. Oh, okay. And that is a clone of Dead Guy Ale, which several people have told me it doesn't taste anything like Dead Guy, but probably better than Dead Guy. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that assessment. That's what the plan was when I was crafting that beer. So let me ask you, what was it that made you want to go, I'll say all the way. So what made you want to become an expert, really get to that next level uh, in home brewing? I don't know. I, it's, I think it's great to... It's a great feeling to create something with your, out of nothing basically, create something with your bare hands. And it's always, it's always great when you're able to do something like art or construction or anything that you're, and this was one of the time crafts that really called to me. So once I, once I knew this was what I wanted to do, I, I knew I had to go all the way with it. 
And so, how did you? What at what point did you say to yourself, like, dude, I, I'm I'm rocking this. Like, I I am. Like when. Uh, when when would you say you kind of knew that you hit the next level? I think when I won my first blue ribbon, that kind of was the point where I was like, okay, I actually do know what I'm doing. And then when I was getting, I'm also in a couple of homebrew clubs, <clears throat> and we do tastings every week mm-hmm. with each other's homebrews. And almost every week when we went, everybody would comment that my beers were very good and and then it got to the point where people looked forward to me bringing my beers so I, I knew that I was on to something there yeah yeah I can um, I can attest to looking forward to seeing you bring beers I know a couple of Father's Days at the pool we did the garbage cans with the ice and the and the kegs and stuff that was always fun oh yeah and uh, so what advice would you give somebody who is interested in starting home brewing? So someone that like is listening to this podcast and says to themselves, "All right, this sounds like a cool hobby. I want to get started." What would you say? Like, what advice would you give that person? Uh, two things. <clears throat> First, if you have the money, skip bottling altogether. Yeah, that's a good. One. Invest in kegs. Kegging is easier and it's so nice to have a draft system people are impressed by draft systems and the beer just tastes better and you can always fill a growler to take with you to go to a party or something oh yeah and second watch a lot of youtube videos there's so many great instructional videos Mm -hmm. on youtube any question you have about the processes or the the ingredients or really anything they've, they've got the answer out there on youtube that's how I learned almost everything I know about it, other than taking that course up in Wisconsin. What would you say the biggest pitfall is? Um, what what things should people watch out for? Well, if you make a bad batch of beer, don't don't kick yourself. It, it does bring you down when you make a bad batch of beer, especially if it's a full size five gallon batch. Yeah. It just tastes terrible. At some point, just dump it if it's not good and get get back up on the horse and do it again so by bad you mean taste like crap and yeah, or taste spoiled taste sour it's got off flavors that you just don't like or infected infected yeah. it happens yeah it happens to everyone so would you say that um you know the sanitation process is really important too to, oh yeah yeah Sanitation is definitely one of the keys to making good beer. Making sure that you have the right sanitizer on hand, you clean up after yourself, and clean up beforehand as well. Any other keys to success besides those? Um, Are there any uh, inside secrets to make sure you're successful? uh, you got to do good research to figure out what kind of beers you want to make as well really think about what kind of beer you're looking for go online research other people who have done similar things and I do have to say Beersmith software you can have it on your phone or on your computer it makes a really big difference in unsponsored plug there yeah you're welcome Brad Smith (laughs) you can send me a check maybe I'll create a patreon or something you could give me money we'll call it an ad 
It seriously is great software for crafting your recipe. It'll help you understand the balance between the hops and the and the bitterness and the sweetness of the grains, and your water quality, and even your pH levels. It's it's got it all in there. Yeah, you can get you can get as nerdy about it as you want, right? Yeah, you really can. And so, um, speaking of unsolicited plugs, we are at the Crabtree Ale House, which is why it's a little noisy in the background. So, I don't know, maybe I'll ask this dude if he'll knock a couple percent off our, our tab if I plug them. But, um, apologize for the noise. Uh, hopefully it'll be okay and you guys can hear us. Um, so, what about for the person that, alright, somebody who's listened to this and says, I'm homebrewing too, I just started a few months ago, like... What advice would you give someone who's just started and wants to take it as far as you have? Like, are there any, is there any shortcuts to becoming a, a master home brewer? Like, would you say, because you jumped in like two feet real quick and you did your certification. You, I remember you went like maybe three months or four months after you started brewing on that, right, that, yeah. that week out there to, uh, to that course. So is there anything that you think like could help somebody get to that master level sooner? Um, well, I mentioned my homebrew clubs. I yeah. think um, mentoring finding, and finding your local homebrew club, finding similar people, joining brew days with with all oh, uh, the big brews. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good opportunity. So you watch other people do it and ask a lot of questions, and then the, all the online research. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to need to be realistic about your costs up front because there is a decent amount of equipment you have to buy you're if you're gonna especially if you're getting into kegging there's several hundred dollars you're gonna have to spend yeah to get started that's true would you would you recommend that folks start simpler and then decide if they like it and go more complex or would you say that so like for example right um you said skip bottling. I totally agree with that recommendation because that's what I did as well. Um, but the starter kit that I bought from um, Northern Brewer had like a bottling bucket. And sometimes I do bottle really high gravity beers because I want them to sit and mellow and not take up space on my taps. Um, Even with those, I take them first and, and then, then let them sit in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, you know, would you say just like don't buy? a bottling bucket or don't buy you know what I mean is there any like don't waste your time stuff that people like I think like as a dad right like a wipe warmer is one of those things I tell a new dad no you don't need that that's crap right. yeah. <laughs> you know well I, I guess it depends if you're not sure about the hobby I would probably start with bottling because that's definitely the cheaper entry point but if you know you're going to do it yeah skip the bottling skip the brushes skip uh Skip that whole step and invest in the kegs. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're not sure, I mean, you could even start with something simple like a Mr. Beer. That's true. That's a good, I guess that's a good gateway drug to brewing, right? Yeah. I never did it myself, but I I know a lot of people got started that way. So what are your thoughts? I think, um, I don't know if they still do this. Again, this is a hyper-local reference, but uh, Raleigh Brewing used to do that big brew where um, they would do like a, uh, a production size run of wort, which is the unfermented beer, and then let people take it home, pitch it in their own um, in their own carboys, and then ferment it at home. Do they still do that kind of thing? I don't know. Are there any breweries still doing that? Because I think that might be a good 
I kind of think, introductory. Yeah, I don't think Raleigh Brewing Company is giving away wort like that anymore, but they do have big brew days where everybody comes out and they, they do sell a discounted kit, the same kit to everybody, uh-huh. and um, everybody brews the same batch oh, of beer together. in the parking lot together. That's a great... Yeah, it's yeah. fun, fun so that's a good. that's a good one for anybody local that's listening that wants to try. I'd say that's a good way to maybe get started. A lot of homebrew clubs do similar things where they'll just have a big brew day where everybody gets together and it's cool. So any um, any particular clubs that you want to plug or organizations that you want to send people to that you think uh, would be helpful? Well, if you're in Raleigh, um, Carboy is a really good group club. It's been around for a very long time. A lot of the members are actually up in their 60s and they've been in the club for 30 years or something like that. So they have a ton of experience and uh, they also have a lot of events that throughout the year where you can get involved in homebrewing. Um, out in Durham they have the Trub Club. Um, it's a little less organized but it's uh, it's got a bunch of great brewers in there as well okay um so i guess what i will do is i will say uh i'm about more than halfway through my my beer um the uh this one now again the firestone walker I'm Luponic Distortion number 12. I'm, I'm picking up a little bit more of the tangerine now that it's warmed up, and I've, I've drank about half of it. But still very, very heavy grapefruit. Yeah, a little bit of pine now, too, as well. It's it's a very um, it's a very IPA-flavored. I mean, it's like it's your stereotypical it is. It's genericized IPA kind of taste to it. Very crystal clear though. It's not. It is. It's not that juice bomb. It is. New England IPA like. It doesn't have a haze right to it like the the big thing right now is that New England IPA with the haze to it. It's very, very refined. I'd say it almost looks rice brewed esque. It does. With the it's clarity of it. So light and clear. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if there's rice in there. Oh, I'm sure the grain bills, but the, it's got a high gravity. So, yeah. so, I mean, five, getting getting into the fives with Bryce and your grain bill is probably a little bit of a challenge, I would think. Yeah. Unless you're throwing a bunch of candy sugar in, but it's not very dry. No. It might so. be a pure barley beer, but it might have zero specialty grains in it. Uh, oftentimes, people darken their beers by using specialty malts uh-huh. that have been roasted or caramelized. So this might have zero of the caramel malts in it. I like, you know what I really like? I like when they do an IPA and they've got a, 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 a sizable amount of rye in their grain bill because I feel like that's a very good palate cleanser. You don't get that soapy tongue that you typically get with an IPA. And um, this one has a pretty good finish for, a, for an IPA. You don't have that aftertaste, that tongue sweater that you sometimes get. So I think we're going to wrap up our uh, our session. Um, I'm going to go ahead and plug the social medias. So um, Untapped 
Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at Sun Command. Certainly feel free to share any feedback you have on this episode or ideas or suggestions for future episodes. And Sean, do you have any uh, any social media or type content you want to plug or promote? Send people towards? Not really. I, I <laughs> don't have any sort of brewing website I, at the moment. I just... Stay tuned. Um, one of the things Sean and I were talking about before this discussion was um, we want to we want to podcast a brew day. Um, so again, our first podcast on master sessions. We're trying to do a uh, an obvious selection of home brewing while doing beer and learning. Um, but I think that we're going to do a separate session, um, kind of an extra episode, if you will, of us just home brewing. Um, and, and just, you know, knocking around and chewing the fat and record that and share it with you guys. But um, certainly, if you have any questions that you'd like uh, to, to send to Sean to have him field, you can reach out to me on social media and I can, uh, I can ask Sean for his input on them. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you, Sean, for agreeing to be a guest and drinking a beer with me. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon, all right? I'm going to try and do this maybe every two weeks if I can manage to do that between all the other stuff I got going on. But um, thanks again, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.